0: Oh, the nature of God Is understanding the Trinity Simply a waste of time Or is it a key to greater Relationship with God We're going to talk about that right here On the Dunamis Word Call somebody and tell them Pastor Burnett is on the air And your blessing is coming to you today Oh Welcome to another edition of the Dunamis Word Broadcast, and I'm your host, Pastor Harvey Burnett, and I'm just glad, I'm excited, I'm just downright happy that you've taken the time to join us today. Uh Listen, real quickly, let me tell you how to get a hold of me. You can email me at dunamis1 at com. that's dunamis1, D-U-N-A-M-I-S, one, number one, at netzero.com, or com, or you can call me at 309-648-5351, or you can go out to our uh, blog uh, and uh, read any of the over, what, about 400 or almost 500 articles that we've uh, produced now on that particular blog dealing with the uh, church and the modern culture and many other different things at Bethel Burnett, that's com listen feel free to leave your comments on anything that we do or send us your prayer request we'll be glad to pray for you in fact when we receive a prayer request if it's not confidential in nature we certainly take it before the church and somebody at new bethel is praying for you every sunday so we thank god for you today and real quickly i wanted to get into a study i had recently uh seen a debate a very shameful debate uh, in which a oneness an individual or apostolic uh, uh, believer was uh, debating a, a Trinitarian believer over the Trinity and, of course, the nature of God. The debate was shameful because of the format was just horrible, but I won't even go into all of that. But it started a greater conversation dealing with uh, the nature of God itself, because there's many people that don't believe that the nature of God are studying the nature of God. Uh, or even debating the topic is, is healthy or, or wholesome for the body of Christ. And I just want to dispel some notions today and let you know that nothing could be further from the truth for a number of reasons of which I will outline today. But as we look at the uh, segments that are out there, we have different people that believe. Some believe in Trinitarianism. Some believe in oneness. Some believe uh in, you know, nothing. They. Just simply don't care uh, what the options are or simply don't care about the nature of God, even though God has taken time to reveal his nature within scripture. Uh, But I want to just call your attention to this. Every heresy, every uh, false doctrine among men anyway, (laughs) believes or begins with the false concept of who Jesus is. You know, many of us can identify various types of religious movements today that are founded on various beliefs of who jesus is and what he did we can see some people that uh don't even believe uh, that jesus was um uh, what i want to say a, a in physical or human form in fact that was one of the first or the earliest on uh heresies about jesus was that he wasn't really in physical flesh that he remained spirit this was the essence or the root of gnosticism that the bible began to even uh, in various places began to even teach about early within the first century so there was a lot of opinions about who Jesus was and the apostles took great time to tell uh, the church the believers the true believers exactly who Jesus was and uh, talk about his supremacy about his deity about his divinity and also about his humanity so everybody doesn't embrace the same Jesus. Some people don't believe that Jesus even died. They believe in a Jesus that did not die on the cross, that certainly, because he didn't die on the cross, didn't physically raise. That is a different Jesus than what the Bible teaches. So those two Jesus, you just can't say, OK, if you believe in Jesus, let me preach Jesus to you and everything. And, and, and you have people with different concepts of who Jesus is. So the nature of God is vitally important. Like I said, some Christ, you know, didn't um, uh, walk uh, naturally. We had a gentleman in this debate that I was talking about. He said that the Jesus that he believes in did not uh, uh, he only walked on the water because he was a spirit. And he went on to say that the Jesus that he believes in did not have flesh when he was resurrected. This is, not an, uh, this is not the same Jesus, but this is another Jesus that is being described by these preachers, ministers, and various types of religion. Uh, some religions say that Jesus is only a man, and that's all. Some say he was just a teacher or a prophet, and that's all. Well, that is yet another Jesus, and not the Jesus of the Bible. Not the Jesus that we are called to serve and worship. And so it becomes very important that we study and know the nature of God. Galatians chapter 1 verses 8 and 9 says it twice. If any man come to you preaching any other gospel, the gospel begins with Jesus himself. Said, but if he preaches to you any other gospel except for that that you have received, let him be accursed or in the Greek, anathema. Anathema was a word that uh, that basically summed up, meaning uh, that one was considered devoted to what was cursed, making him or her, whoever this teacher was, a cursed thing. He said, if anybody preaches to you another Jesus, let him be considered that he or she is an accursed thing. We all know that there's only one Christ. To, to save us there's only one christ by which we will be saved and preaching about christ is not good enough if we're not preaching the right christ <laughs> and so it's finally important i had a, a particular person take me to task i said all i need to do is preach well uh, that's good that's what we need to do we need the word of god i have no disagreement with that but we need the right word we need to make sure that we are preaching the right Christ, because a Christ that did not raise from the dead bodily is not a Christ that can save our souls from sin. A Christ that did not die on the cross is not a Christ that can save us from sin or take us into an eternal future. Hosea chapter four, verse six, simply put it, you know, that we are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge now i know in context that's dealing with the priesthood that's dealing with the ironic priest and those uh the levitical priests who who steered away or drove themselves away from god but speaking to us today they did not teach they weren't faithful to teach their children and uh, about god they weren't faithful to teach them the miracles even though god told them they said that you would keep this law before you day and night and you would share with your next generations what this God who this God was and what this uh, God was about they refused to do that they didn't retain the knowledge of God and guess what God said in Hosea he said because you didn't retain my knowledge he said then I'm not going to retain basically knowledge of you because you rejected me I'm going to reject you I'm going to reject your children this meant That the seed, the future, the hope of those individuals were rejected because they did not pursue the knowledge of God. They didn't pursue his knowledge. They didn't want to eat him up, bring him in to make him the center of their life. Well, the book of Jude, simply put, you don't like the Old Testament? Well, come to Jude. The book of Jude, uh, one chapter uh, book simply says this. Earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints we have to earnestly contend for it we have to fight these are these are words of strife you know it'd be so nice if we could preach and everybody would be our friends as a result of preaching but i want you to know that real preaching sometimes will make enemies some people will hate you because of preaching the truth. Another myth and notion we need to dispel is that uh, some uh, believe, oh, your 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 ministry is validated by the number of followers. You you can tell that you're really anointed if you have a lot of followers. Therefore, if you have a large church, oh, you're really anointed. But if you have a small church, you're relegated to nothing. You're nobody, and th- that's totally foreign to any Christian biblical concept. If we look at the uh, look at the scriptures and look at the churches that were evil. And, uh the scriptures were written to the epistles were written to uh first john three epistles were written to a house church pastored by an elect lady or led by an elect lady now i know that that's controversial on some of you uh with some of you uh reformists especially but nevertheless it was a small church that's the point and uh and then uh we'll look at some of the other uh, epistles. These were not uh, churches that were bold and out in front with big clandestine buildings at the time that they were being ridden. These were underground communities of believers who were hiding out, staying out of the way, preserving their life. Some of them, uh, most of them would go on to face death, persecution and destruction at the hands of Roman hate. But these were not people that were uh, pulling up in big limousines and cars or big horses and chariots talking about their members of this particular church or organization. You don't uh, no, Don't take what happens in modern day times and translate back back to old times and feel like because you see people doing that now that that's what was going on then. That's not the case. The anointing destroys the yoke. Jesus was the most anointed uh, preacher ever in history. And he had 12 that followed him and he had a band of women that followed him uh, as well. But 12 that he had called personally and when he was in need, all those 12 ran away. Nobody's more anointed than Jesus. But he didn't have hundreds of thousands of followers and all of that type of thing. So get out of here with those arguments. You uh, sound like a kindergartner. Uh, With those particular things. We need to dispel those myths. Study on this topic. Number one is a command of God. Paul said uh, if you said earnestly contend Paul said uh, uh, if they preach any other gospel let them be accursed then you need to know what the gospel is and you need to know who this Jesus is that the gospel is talking about so therefore it is a command of God that we study the nature of God that we study him and know who he is there's no consideration in this study about what people think doesn't matter what people think it doesn't matter what the debate is somebody said well the debate has been going on for years and it hadn't been settled And this and it does not matter there will always be debates and strife until jesus comes and so what they do in debate has makes no difference about what we study and believe and know about the god that we serve we have no considerations about the thoughts of men it's only the word of god that stands the test of eternity then, the final thing is that our study of God's nature is an act of worship. Why? Because we worship God not just in our spirits, but we worship Him with our minds. I did a message on that uh, part one, and I'll have a part two coming out soon uh, on these uh, podcasts. But worshiping God is an act of the will, the mind, the intellect. The Lord wants us to be intellectually fulfilled. If Hosea 4 and 6 said, listen, we perish for a lack of knowledge. He didn't say we we perish because we can't have church or we don't know how to act spiritual or look spiritual. But we perish because we don't know what we're talking about. The pursuit of Christ envelops our mind as well as our spirit and our heart. We serve him with everything within him. The pursuit of the nature of God also is a divine mystery. We know it is a divine mystery. But you know what this mystery teaches us? For those of us who uh, have looked at the word of God and we have seen that there is only one God, but that that one God exists eternally as three distinct persons, not persons based on uh, um, role, but persons based on relationship, mind will intellect we know that god has a mind he has a will we know that jesus has a mind and he has a will we know that the holy ghost has a mind and has a will we can pull out those scriptures and read those things for ourselves. but the mystery in this is that how can three things that we count as three things be one thing without any discord and be the foundation of the universe and all that is within but we see god and, and and there's another little semantic that people have well this was not god almighty what forget about that god is god god is god almighty period It doesn't even matter what uh, accolade you put before him. Either God is God or he's not God. Doesn't matter whether you call him almighty God, uh, the son of God, uh, the spirit of God. God is God, period. And this is where the mystery lies. Is that because he confounds us, even with that, there is perplexity, even in that. There is perplexity in the logos that was and that was with. But this translates directly to our life. How does it translate? Listen to this. It's a perplexity that confounds us beyond anything that we can imagine we we don't even see it we can't comprehend it but we know at the end of the day we acquiesce that god is who he is and that we will receive him and subject our lives to him and guess what the next time you have a problem that confounds you you have a god that lives in the area of confounding In other words, you have a God that is greater than anything that confounds that the things that are impossible with men are possible with God. You serve a God that is greater than your quagmire, that is greater than your problem. This is the value of studying the nature of God, because when you really understand studying his nature gets you excited about your life every day you face problems you face bills that you can't pay you face health situations that uh oh they've they've written you off you faced all kinds of things and all kinds of problems and and somebody's singing the song right now my soul look back and wonder how i made it over you, you look back and wonder because it is confounding god is a confounding god he is amazing in that he can describe himself and outline himself thoroughly in scripture as three, but yet be one. Not three people that wear different hats. This is not about modalism, but this is about God in his fullness. This is about God being God forever and for all time. When we go to God with the knowledge Of his nature being an impossibility among us. I'm not telling us to change our math. We know that 1 plus 1 still equals 2. And 1 plus 1 plus 1 still equals 3. But that is an impossibility. It's impossible for us to change it. But guess what? It is possible for God to change it. Because that's where he lives. As he told... uh uh, peter in response he said peter said well lord in luke chapter 18 lord we left all to follow you and this rich young ruler doesn't want to leave anything he said well how can people be saved how can that happen and he said the things that are impossible with you are possible with god god can do anything so uh, let me tell you what, in, in just summary here, because I'm running short on my time, but uh, we want to get rid of the futility argument. This issue is worth studying because God has placed it there. I don't care how many debate it. God has placed it there, and we've got to study it and point people to the Christ that never fails, the God that never fails, the God that is, that was, that is, and that is to come. The one who was not created in time Or put on a hat in time Or changed his operation in time But the one who existed before The foundation of the world Not a little G But a big G God We've got to get rid of the fact That this is just such an intellectual argument That common folks can't catch it Listen, our mind needs to be fulfilled As we sit in these church pews and benches Then these arguments are essential to our everyday life living and spiritual growth you want to grow begin to study and not only study but yield to what you see and what he's revealed through scripture this is how growth begins this is how growth happens and that's how people are blessed let no devil deceive you study the trinity know who christ is Know this Jesus that you preach to the world and communicate that to the world and God will bless you. Listen, saints, I've got to go. Until next time, may heaven smile upon you is my prayer.